today we're going to look at a story in the Bible where someone was distracted. Her name was Martha. Martha was distracted. And, um, and here we have Jesus and his disciples. They were out ministering and they're making their way back to Jerusalem. And we're going to look at the book of Luke today. So open up your Bibles. Just want to see who's turning to their devices. Or your device. To the Bible app only. Look at Luke chapter 10. If you don't have a Bible or a device, it will be up on the screen for you. But Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 38, we see where Jesus and his disciples, they stop at a town called Bethany. Just a mile and a half east of Jerusalem, there's a town called Bethany, and Jesus had friends. He had three friends. He had Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. And it says here, and I'm going to be reading out of the NIV version, Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Excuse me. Yeah, 38. It says this, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister had left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Verse 41, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we love you and we thank you. We thank you for the privilege and for the opportunity, Lord, to come and gather here in this place to worship you and you alone. We've come to worship you. We've come to hear from you. Holy Spirit, come. Come and have your way in this place. I pray, God, that the things that you have led me to study this week, you'd give me supernatural recall, the things that you desire to share in this particular service, that you would speak those things. This is your pulpit with your word for your people. Come and have your way. In Jesus' name, and the church prays with me and says, amen. Amen. I'm on a mission today as well as we go through the story in the Bible. I am on a mission today to redeem the reputation of Martha. I think Martha has a bad reputation. I think you look at this story and you read this story and Martha kind of gets a bad rap from a lot of people. Oh, you're just a Martha. Quit getting all worked up. You're just a Martha. So I'm just on a mission today to redeem Martha's reputation. Is that okay? And I think that we'll all get something out of it. And in order to do that, I just want to go ahead and ask you four questions. The first question is this. As we look at this story with Martha, the first question is this. What are you distracted from? Just in life, now we talked about our phones, our devices, and and other things that we'll get into today. We live in a very distracted, full world, right? If that's a word. But what do you get distracted, uh, distracted from? What did Martha get distracted from? And we see here in verse 42, it says that Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. See, Mary chose what was better, and it will not be taken away from her. And I think what happens is when we get distracted, and what we get distracted from, the first thing is we get distracted from listening to God. We get distracted from listening to God. I would imagine that, Mary, uh, that Martha was there, 
as she was preparing. And maybe she was in the kitchen or the dining room. I'm not quite sure how that setup was, but I'm sure she was, she was somewhere over here and Jesus and Mary and the disciples were somewhere over here. And, and as she's preparing and as she's getting things ready, I'm sure she can still hear Jesus talking. But she wasn't listening to what he was saying. And when we get distracted, we can hear God, but we stop listening to God. See, because with our ears, our ears just perceive sound. We don't listen with our ears. We hear sounds with our ears. And and that sound travels somewhere in our brain. And it puts all those sounds together. And it concentrates on what is being said. And it, it puts things into sense. Listening requires concentration, right? You can hear sounds, but listening requires concentration. Are you with me? So there's one thing about being busy and and doing things, doing good things and and hearing, but it's another thing when we listen and we get, when we, when we get distracted, we get distracted from listening to God. Another thing that we get distracted from, we get distracted from connecting with God. Her responsibilities and her preparations, that's all good stuff. But she was literally pulled away from the moment. She was literally pulled away from the moment. And, and, and as it says, and, and I'm a very visual person, so when I read my Bible, I kind of tend to see things, right? And I, and I imagine that Mary was just kind of there. She was just sitting with Jesus at his feet in a position that it doesn't matter what was going on around her. She was positioned in a place to receive what the Lord was saying. And because she was in that position to receive, she was actually able to listen. And then once she listened and it made sense, she was able to connect with God in that place. So all these different distractions in our life, it pulls us away from listening. It pulls us away from connecting. And it literally pulls us out of the moment. Growing up in Boston, Massachusetts, we went on several field trips over the years. I thought that everyone got to experience um, the house of Paul Revere. I thought that everyone was able to experience Old Ironsides, one of the greatest naval battleships. And I walked on there and all the history that, that was a part. I mean, one time we went to Plymouth Plantation where the pilgrims came and landed on Plymouth Rock. If you ever go to Boston and you want to go to Plymouth Plantation... Don't bother looking for the Plymouth Rock. Don't even bother. It's like this little thing that's written out. I forget what the year is. And it's like, anyways, I'm getting distracted. Never mind. <laughs> but one of my favorite field trips, man, we were out in Boston Harbor. And we went on this boat in this little kind of boat there. And, and we're going out. And we went whale watching. Have you ever been whale watching? Have you ever seen a whale in real life? Man, there was these beautiful whales and, and, and I'll never forget, you're waiting and you're waiting. Sometimes you'll see a bunch of whales and then sometimes you won't see any. But we were there and this one whale came up. And it came up completely out of the water. And it landed right next to the water. And it was awesome. And it was a moment that I'll never forget. And see, in our life, it's just made up of a bunch of moments. And what can happen in our life We can either capture the moment or we can miss the moment. We can connect with God and capture what he's saying to us and what he's speaking into our lives. Or we can simply just hear him speaking and never listen to what he has to say. 
And there was this guy off the coast of California, you'll see up on the screen. Humpback whale right there. There was a photographer on the coast, and he was taking pictures that day. And he saw a couple couple of humpback whales. And then he saw this one guy on his boat. And what's he doing? It looks like he's on his phone. I mean, this humpback whale is just, just feet away, or feet, or foot, or just, he's very close in proximity. Don't get distracted by my grammar. Listen to what I'm saying. What was I saying? No. And he looks down, and the photographer said he was just there snapping picture after picture after picture. And this guy never looked up. He never looked up. And that could be us, church. We can be so caught up in things that we can miss out on what's going on in the moment. We can miss out on God showing us something that he so desires to show us because of some of the things that we get distracted from. My second question is, what are you distracted by? Right? We're distracted from hearing God, listening to God, connecting with God, but then there are things that we're distracted by. In verse 41, Jesus replies to Martha, and he said, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. I think we get distracted by many things. We get distracted by worry. We get distracted by fear. We get distracted by the cares of this world. We, we all have some basic cares, right? We need a place to live. We need clothes to wear. We need food to eat. We need transportation in our life, whether it's our own transportation or we rely on another um, means of transportation. We, we need money um, to, in order to pay our bills and things like that. So we all have cares of this world that we're distracted by, but then sometimes there are some specific things that are tailored to our life specifically that get us caught up, worried, and fearful. Maybe, maybe some of you today are going through a situation with a child, and it just seems like it's just one thing after another after another, and it's like, when is this ever going to end? When is, when is this going to get better? And, and you're losing sleep at night. And, and it's keeping you up, and you get distracted. Some of you, it could be a job. Things that, that, that just distract you, and, and the job that you're in, you're just not happy. And speaking of jobs, jobs are a good thing, right? Jobs are a good thing. And I want to be careful when I say this, but when a, even when a job gets out of balance, it could be a distraction. How many of you know that good things are good things until they become a distraction. Good things are good things until they become a distraction. And it's very easy for us to say, yeah, there, there are a bunch of things that are distracting us in our life, things that are distracting us from God that are bad things. We, we need to stop drinking certain things. We need to stop watching certain things. We need to stop hanging around certain people. We need to stop going certain places. We need to stop watching those types of movies because it's a distraction. There's no benefit. The language that's spoken and the things that they're showing and the, and the things that people are saying when I get into those environments, obviously it's like, you know what? We got to get out of this place because it doesn't bring any benefit or value to my life. And, and those things are, are obvious even though we sometimes keep doing those things. 
But then there are the good things that distract us as well. I just want to speak to parents and, and, to, and to spouses and to families. Can I just say that when you get home, that one last email can wait? That one last text can wait? That one last phone call can just wait? And sometimes we're just like, oh, hold on, I, 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 just, I just need to make one last text. Oh, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. I didn't have any, I didn't have a connection when I was at the beach. I just need to just post this real quick. You know, or, or you know, it, man, priorities and, and not being distracted and being in the moment. How many of you know I have a four-year-old daughter and, and I've come to realize in my life that she is a truth-telling toddler? She just tells the truth. How many of you know kids just tell the truth? They just... They just say it how it is. They're not holding anything back. I see parents like, yeah, I know what you're saying. Recently, this weekend, I had my mother-in-law over, and, um, you know, she's not feeling well, so I'm trying to get her to get something to eat. And I'm saying, you got to eat something, and she's saying, I'm not hungry. I said, well, it doesn't matter. You have to eat something. You got to put something in your body, and maybe let's just hit a drive-thru. No, I, I don't want that. Okay, we have pasta. No, no, I don't want that. And it's like, well, how about cheese and crackers? No, I don't want, and then it just, the light bulb went off. That's where my daughter gets it from. I thought, I thought she was a picky eater because of my wife, because my wife is a picky eater. And I would always say to Ariana, my daughter, I would say, two peas in a pod, you and mommy. One, two, two peas, one pod. But now I said, three peas in a pod, because now I realize that's, that's what grandma does too. And, and they were there, and they were at the table. I said, three peas in a pod. She said, three peas, daddy? I said, yes. I said, one, two, three. Three peas, one pod. She's like, well, why aren't you in the pod, daddy? (laughs) Truth-telling toddler. And I says, well, because I eat anything. And what did she say next? She's like, well, I got a small belly. I I only eat certain things. And and since you have a really big belly, then that means you eat a lot of things. I said, okay, yeah, you got the picture. Let's, let's move on. But there's another story. When I, um, I came home from work one day, and I was exhausted, and I hit the couch, and I'm just kind of vegging. And I'm there, and Ariana's there, and she's in the room. Daddy-daughter time, right? We always say daddy-daughter time. She goes, daddy-daughter time, daddy? Yes, daddy-daughter time. Okay, great. And she starts getting some stuff. But I was tired this day, so I, I flopped on the couch, and I got my phone out. And then we're there, and I kind of, I was out of the moment. And she said, daddy, can I ask you a question? I said, of course, honey. What is it? Well, she didn't say ask you a question. She said, can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? What is it, honey? I wish you didn't have a phone. Why is that? Well, because if you didn't have your phone right now, we would have daddy-daughter time. And that made me realize I thought I was doing a good job. In fact, I thought I was doing something good. But in that moment, she realized that I didn't make the better choice. My wife and I recently, I know I'm telling a lot of stories, but I'm just kind of opening up my life to you. My wife and I recently came back from Fort Myers. We took a trip. And um, we normally go to Sanibel, so I'm kind of familiar with the road between here and Sanibel. I know there's certain places where you can stop, like Clewiston, LaBelle, and there's certain places where you can stop, get something to eat. This time we were coming back from Fort Myers, and the GPS took us a different route 
to LaBelle. And I'm used to going to LaBelle. How many of you are familiar? You ever go to the Gulf Coast and you're driving to LaBelle and there's Burger King and there's McDonald's on the left side, right? And you're going, yes, yes, okay. But then when you're driving back, obviously Burger King and McDonald's are on your right side. Well, the, the, the road that the GPS took me was kind of a different road, like, like kind of down under from Fort Myers. And McDonald's and Burger King was not on my right side anymore. And I was turned around and, and I said, okay, honey, we're starving. I know we're starving. Well, I know it's around here somewhere. The GP, oh, there it is. Okay. It's on our left side. Cause anyways, if you've been around, you know, the road. So now we pulled in and, um, and I said, honey, we need to eat. I'm starving. And I said, there's only three choices, McDonald's, Burger King, and Taco Bell. And I said, but we, we normally don't eat McDonald's. If you eat McDonald's, don't, don't shut me out. Don't get distracted. Stay with me. I'm not against people eating McDonald's, but when I go somewhere, I look at two numbers. I look at the price and the calorie count, okay? So the calorie count at McDonald's is a lot more than I would like to have in a, in a, in a certain meal of that size. And we're looking at each other, and I says, you know how McDonald's treats me, honey. We can't do this. I know we're starving, but we'll just have to hold on and wait until we get to Clewiston. I know that's probably another 30 minutes or so from here, but I think we can do it. Can you make it? We looked at each other, and we were going to say, let's do it. And then a block away, as we got onto state, uh, as we're coming here, there's Subway. I didn't know Subway was there. I, I, I never knew Subway was there. So I said, honey, look, there's Subway. We could do Subway. In fact, we were able to get a six-inch each and three cookies <laughs> instead of one of those small little burgers that would have been triple in calorie size. And my wife, man, she's, she's so much smarter than I am. I got my six-inch, and I, did, I was a distracted driver. I'm, like, driving with one knee because I was eating. I was starving, but we had to get back. Good example, that is. Um, and then, so I ate my sandwich, I ate my cookie, and I ate my half a cookie. And I'm like, okay, I'm at a good place. And then 30 minutes down the road, all of a sudden, I hear this. I said, what's that sound? My wife takes out her other half a cookie. And I said to her, honey, you still got more cookies? She goes, no, I only ate one cookie. I saved this other half a cookie. And I'm just kind of looking at it. She goes, this is my half a cookie. But I said that story to say, I didn't know Subway was right just a block away. And I'm talking about physical consumption, right? I'm talking about what we eat. A lot of times we just eat stuff because it tastes good. We don't care what it does to our body. But we kind of act that way with spiritual consumption as well. We just watch stuff and we get involved in stuff and we don't care how it affects us. I didn't know that Subway was the better choice and it was just a, a block away. And I'm here to tell you this, that the better choice is a lot closer than you think. Do not give in to what you think is good. Do not give in to what you know is bad. But hold on and make that better choice because it is so much closer and it's so much better for you. And it's going to line up with the plan of God for your life. Can someone say amen? Amen. It was one of those white chocolate macadamia (laughs) cookies. The third question <laughs> is this. I'm starving. I heard someone say I'm starving. 
What are the dangers of being distracted? How many of you know there are dangers to being distracted? Looking at the text here, chapter 10, verse 4 in Luke, it says that she, Martha, came and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Don't you care? Don't you care, God? Don't you care that she left me to do this all by myself? And, and one of the distractions that happens in our life is that we begin to doubt God's care for us. We begin to doubt God's love for us. There's a difference between being an unbeliever, someone that says, I flat out do not believe that God cr- creates. I believe in evolution. I don't believe that there's a God. There's many ways to God. You know, there's that type of person that flat out rejects the Bible. But then there are other people that have accepted the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are, there are people that accepted that the Trinity is true. It might not make complete sense to me, but I believe that there's three in one, there, that, that God heals. And, and there's all these things. But how many of you know that sometimes we just find ourselves in a place that we just, we just have some honest questions for God? And it's not like, God, I don't believe that you're not there, but I'm just having a real hard time making sense of my situation right now. And we can ask God honest questions because he can handle that. He can handle our questions. It's just the fact that sometimes our situations and our circumstances, they just overwhelm us with certain emotions and fears and and these different things that, that begin to get us to a place where we, we stop listening to God. It, it gets us to a place where we stop connecting with God. And then it gets us to a place where we begin to think and believe that God just doesn't care. God just doesn't care. So, are you saying that if I ask God questions that I, I lack faith? Well, the answer is yes, you do. And the answer is no, you don't. I don't think trusting God and, 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 and not doubting God is just a place where you achieve. You just one day figure it all out, and that's it. It's a process. Situation by situation. Day by day. It's either we're growing in it or we're diminishing in it. It's either we're progressing in it or we're, we're regressing in it. It's going to involve ups and it's going to involve downs. It's going to involve sunny days. It's going to involve rainy days. It's going to involve victories. It's going to involve setbacks. But it comes down to our relationship with Christ. And if there's anyone that you can ask about this, man, I believe that one day we can ask Peter about this. And I just, a lot of you are familiar with the story in in Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14, verse 22, and I'll just read it to you. It talks about how Jesus sent the disciples to the other side of the lake, and he says, I'll meet you there, and I'll get there. And and, and very briefly, in verse 29, it's where the disciples, they see Jesus walking on water, and they get afraid, and and they think it's a ghost. And Jesus says, no, don't be afraid, it's me. And Peter says this to him. He says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come. And in verse 29, Come, he said. Come, the Lord says. Then Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water, came towards Jesus. When he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why do you doubt? I just believe that there are people here today that you have been in a situation that you just feel like you're sinking. 
And you just feel like you don't have answers. You know, I believe when I'm looking at this story that it wasn't like the winds and the waves started blowing and, and, and the waves started getting crazy once Peter took that step. I believe that the winds and the waves were already going on. Right? And here's Jesus saying, come. Come on. Come on. Go. Go start that business. Go ahead, go. Go move to that place. Come on. Go ahead, go. Answer that call to ministry. Reach those people in that community. And what do we do? And what did Peter do? He took that step. And he starts walking. And he's walking. And then all of a sudden, he took his eyes off of Jesus and he saw the winds and the waves and he began to sink. See, it wasn't Jesus that caused Peter to sink. It was his doubt in that moment. It was just his doubt in that moment that took his focus off of Jesus and he got what? He got distracted. And he got distracted by coming towards God. And what did Martha do? Martha was already convinced. Martha was already convinced that the Lord didn't care. And then what does she do? And what's another danger that happens from distractions? Just like she did, what do we do? We start telling God what to do. She said, tell her, tell Mary, tell her to come and help me. First she questions him, and then she tells him what to do. Don't you care, God? Don't you care that I'm alone? Don't you care? Don't you see that, I'm, that I feel lonely and I cry at night? Send me my spouse already. Or some of you are saying, don't you, don't you, don't you care about me, God? Don't you see how my, spice, my spouse is treating me? Do something with my spouse already. Don't you care, God, that I could barely pay the bills and I'm working three jobs, I'm working two jobs, and I'm doing my best? Don't you care? Are you listening to me already? I mean, I love you. I do what I'm supposed to do. I show up to church. I serve. I give the little 10% that I have. And what? This is how you repay me? This is, you just let me experience this? Where are you? Where are you? Jesus' reply to Mary's question. I don't think that Jesus got upset with Mary. This is where we redeem Mary, uh, excuse me, Martha right here. Because he says, Martha, Martha. I don't believe he said, Martha, come on, Martha. Get over it. Let's get your act together here. Don't you know who I am? That's, that's, that's not what Jesus did. This is what Jesus did. Martha. Martha. Come here. Give me your hand. You're distracted. You're distracted by all this stuff that's going on around you in your life right now. You're distracted by what's not going right. You're distracted by the painful experience. You're, you're distracted by your uncertainties. You're anxious. You're anxious about these things that might not make sense to you. But come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Put, put that down. Put that pot down. Put, put that broom away. Come here, put that fear down. Put that, put that hurt, put that past relationship down. Come here. Come here, that's what I want you to do. I want you to come right here. 
sit with us. Sit with me. Sit with Mary. Sit with the disciples. Come on. Because this right here, all that, all that stuff is just wearing you out. And it's keeping you up. And it's distracting you from my best for you. Come here. This is the better choice right now. Just come and sit with me. Just come and sit with me. And church, that's not an easy thing to do. But here is, this is Jesus' compassion. And he gets us from the place if we allow him to. Can I say that again? If we allow him to? And if we cooperate with him, he'll, he'll bring us back to that place. And, and he'll remind us what matters most. He'll begin to tell us the truth in our life. He'll begin to remind us that he loves us. He'll begin to remind us that he has a plan for us. He'll bring peace into a situation when nothing around us even changes. Because that's really, I think, what happened to Martha. Every, there was still all that stuff that was going on. But in that moment, and, and it doesn't go on to say what happened, but I would imagine that, that Martha sat there and the atmosphere changed. Right? You know, this Friday was an emotional time for our family because it was two years from my father-in-law passing away. You know, and there's certain things that you just remember. You remember where you were. You remember what you were doing. And you just kind of, it's almost like you replay the day. And I remember two years ago when I was there. And um, man, can I just get transparent with you for a moment? let you in. I remember being there two years ago, and it was, it, it was kind of tough for me because here I am. I needed to be a son-in-law. I needed to be a husband. I needed to be a brother-in-law. I needed to be a pastor. I needed to be a minister. I needed to be the person that had all the answers. I needed to talk to the doctors. I needed to make arrangements with the funeral home. I needed, I needed to do these things, and, and, I, and I needed to do that. And, and it's, like, it's almost like in that moment, like you kind of put yourself on pause, and, and you kind of tend to everyone else's stuff. But there was a, I remember this moment specifically when the doctor from hospice started making house visits, and he showed up. And he started speaking in a way that I was just not ready for. Because as he was speaking to us, he started using language like this. He, he didn't say, if he passes. He started saying, when he passes, it will not be because of dehydration. When he, pa- when he passes, it's not, it's not going to be because of starvation. When he passes, it's not, he's, he's not going to feel pain because we're going to have a bunch of morphine. And he just started speaking these things. And I wasn't ready for that. So I had to remove myself from the room. And I remember going outside, and, and I'm kind of hanging over the gate. And, and, and I had my questions for God. I remember that God showed me, man, that he was going to have a full head of white hair, and he was going to be sitting in the front row. And if you knew my father-in-law, he was going to be tapping his foot and doing this. He was that guy at church that the whole probably 20 minutes, he's just like, he's just doing this during the sermon. He's just lifting his hands up, praising God. And, I, and I'm like, I remember I started dating Melissa, and I'm like, what's up with your dad? Like, what's he doing? It's not that time yet of the, of the church service, you know what I'm saying? But there was just these things, man, that I just fell in love with this guy, man. And um, so here I am having in my, I'm just, I'm having it out with God. And it was in that moment, I just really, I mean, I, you know, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you, right? I'm not trying to base the theology off of this, but in that moment I was drawing near to God, even though I had questions, but I believe that God met me where I was. And he started saying, I'm, uh, Alex, Alex, 
I know. I'm here with you, and it's going to be okay. And he just started speaking to me, and he started speaking to my heart, and I felt the peace of God in that moment. Watch this. I no longer got distracted by my father-in-law exiting this world. I got reminded of where he was going. I got reminded that he is on the threshold of praising God. That up there, that's all you do. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? All you do is lift up your hands. I got reminded that one day, man, I am going to see him. And we're going to dance together. And we're going to laugh together. Even nowadays, and I'm not trying to get kooky, but I'm too far deep. I don't even go to YouTube anymore. I say, hey, Vic, what's going on here? And sometimes I feel like he's just laughing at me because that's just what he did with me. You know what I'm saying? But I was reminded that in spite of my pain, in spite of my situation, in spite of my weariness, in spite of my tiredness, in spite of what I was going through, God has a greater plan for my life, for his life, for your life, and for your family's life. Amen. Can we give him praise for that hope that we have in him? And I'm going to just, as we finish out here, my last question for you. How do we become undistracted? We talked about being distracted from things, being distracted by things, and the dangers of being distracted. And and, and real quickly, I just want to ask you this question. How do you become, how do we become undistracted? And my answer to you is this, one choice at a time. We become undistracted one choice at a time, and that takes discipline. Somebody say discipline. It takes discipline. Write this scripture down. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11, because it says this. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Amen. It takes discipline to continue to make the better choice in our life. Studies say that we, take, we make up to 35,000 choices a day. Make the better choice. Martha chose what was good. Mary chose what was better. If you're a Martha in here today, and if you walked in as a Martha in here today, I'm a Martha. Continue to be a Martha. But also remember to be a Mary. You can be a Martha. God needs Marthas. God needs pastors. God needs leaders. God needs Connect group leaders. God needs people to open up their homes. God needs people to go into our community and share his word. God needs business people. God needs um, real estate agents. God needs people in our life to share his glory and to share his hope. So be a Martha, but don't forget to not be too busy that you're not a Mary. Amen? And I'll leave you with this quote. Darius Daniels, he's a pastor in the Carolinas, and he says this. If you don't tell your time where to go, you will wonder where it went. If you don't tell your time where to go, you will wonder where it went. And either you could spend time or you can invest time. You could spend your time with your family and with God or you can invest your time. In church, as we start going back to school, as our kids start going back to school, now that vacations are over, don't get distracted. We're not meeting here every night at 7 p.m. this week. What are you going to do at 7 p.m.? Are you going to go back to Netflix and binge out season by season? 
endless times in front of a screen. Or I don't have to be at church tonight. I'm just going to stick around at work at a few more hours because I need to get that house, that boat, that car. Don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. Answer that call of God for your life. Don't get distracted. Spend time with your family. Don't get distracted. Spend time with God. Don't find time. Make time. You're never going to find time. Whoever said that there's spare time, man, they got to show me where to find it. No such thing as spare time. But we have to have priorities. And your priorities have to be this. God, your relationship with God has to be first and foremost. Then your relationship with your family, whatever your family unit looks like, that needs to be a priority. And then everything else, what God's called you to do, your job, everything else, maybe your school, whatever it is, it has to be in that priority. Because when you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. But in a healthy way, when you say no to something, you're saying yes to something else.